0: 97XWXY.com with Cracker and Teen Angst. Also heard from The Replacements and the number one song on this year's 2023 Modern Rock 500, Nirvana and Smells Like Teen Spirit. Don't forget this Sunday, spend an hour listening to some of the best local bands and artists on Homebrew at 9pm. The Tri-State has a ton of talent out there and it's a chance to catch some of those great artists. It's all brought to you by Sentiments Rock City here at 97X, the future of rock and roll.
1: Dave, Mm -hmm. you're doing it again. What? You're you're going back in time, but somehow you went forward in time a little bit to 2023 Modern Rock 500, which we're happy about. But then Mm. Homebrew, sorry, 97X and Waxi.com are no more. They signed off 2004 and 2010, respectively. And ever since then, we lament that station, but we do a podcast about it, 97X Rumblings from the Big Bush, and uh, it's available on 97XBAM.com, all the major podcast platforms. But you know, magically, you mentioned Homebrew, local artists, and you did that again. You conjured up two of the best local artists that we've ever uh, run across. We have Billy Alitzhauser and Beth Harris joining us from the Hiders. So welcome, Billy and Beth. Hi.
2: Hey.
1: Thanks so much for joining us uh, today. And uh, I want to start at the beginning a little bit. So Billy, I understand you were in a band called Grinch. So tell me more about that. Was that your first band?
2: Oh, no. That was probably my second or third band at that point. I started kind of early. My first band was called Rover. And we played the Jockey Club a few times when I was like 15. Then I had a band called 30 Pieces, which was kind of more of a thrash metal kind of band. But I actually played a lot of good shows at Bogarts and stuff. We played with like Agnostic Front, Exploited, lots of bands like that. And so Grinch was after that.
1: Wow. So you 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 said your first band that you were in, you were fifteen years old at the time? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. And and so you like everybody else had a fake ID to get into the jockey club, right?
2: I had uh Julian Bevan from Slugos fake ID, which was passed to me from the back door. To be reused as I came back around.
1: (laughs) I love it. And then, uh, Beth, now, uh, I read in your bio that you grew up in Arkansas. That can't be possible. What part? Because I spent Uh, my childhood years in Arkansas. Wait, sorry. I grew
3: up in Little Rock, Arkansas, the big city.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's the... That's usually uh, when people say, "Oh, you grew up in Arkansas." Well, what city? And then I quiz them and say, "Name two cities in Arkansas," and they say Little Rock if they know their state capitals, and then they're stumped. They got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Little Rock, Fayetteville, Jonesboro, Hot Springs,
3: Jonesboro, Russellville. Eureka Springs, okay. Russell.
1: You're getting yeah. close to my hometown now, Billy. You're about 20 miles away. Keep, keep throwing another bill in there. Clarksville. Clarksville was
3: where.
1: I, oh, nice. Yeah. Parksville? Yes. Did you say? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm blown away by your knowledge of small towns in Arkansas, but that's not why we're here. <laughs> so yeah. That- well,
3: I I I grew up doing you know, my dad was a Baptist preacher, so like there were lots of, you know, revival services that I had to go with him in different different cities, or towns rather. Um so I got to know a lot of those small towns in Arkansas. Yeah.
1: So and my
3: first
2: girlfriend I met as a pen pal from a fanzine, and she lived in Jonesboro. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I traveled, I took a bus to Jonesboro when I was about 17 to meet her for the first time. Wow, wow that's
1: a blues song. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's about three blues songs all in one.
2: Yeah. yeah. I been trying to write that song for about 30 years or more,
1: and- <laughs> Bill hasn't come out. The concept of pen pals, that's something lost to uh, in this day and age. Right. Kind of miss it. So then how did the two of you get together? Well, I uh, have a theater background.
3: So when I left home, I went off to do theater. And um, I've always been a singer, obviously, growing up in Baptist church in the South, you know. but I ended up in Cincinnati working at Ensemble Theater of Cincinnati, and they did the old Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which needs a rock band, obviously. And Billy was one of the recruits. He was, he was one of the recruits, and um, I was hired as the actor singer that was Hedwig's husband, Yitzhak. And um, we met doing that show, and then he asked if i wanted to sing in his band the hiders and i said yes absolutely and you
2: know it was actually sam sam wobble from thrones throneberry mm-hmm. was the guy who was like you know who would be good in a band that beth gal <laughs> and
3: i was like, no, i'm something bud yeah, yeah that, so that you know, was like mm-hmm. 2013 or 14 what or six <laughs> what no here 2003, (laughs) sorry, 2003. I know, I don't even know. 2003. So then we, I said yes, and then the rest is history. We've been singing together ever since. Indeed. I just said you
1: haven't fired me yet. (laughs) (laughs) But you you mentioned Sam from Throneberry. Uh, There were a couple other uh, local artists that uh, 97X listeners would know, I think, in that band as well, right?
2: Yeah, um, Mike Lamping. Um, Original Heartless Bastards bassist, among other things. R.I.P. Gosh, who else was in that? Brownberry. Sam and... um, I I can't remember. It's
1: been so long. Who played the lead, though? I feel like the lead was in, I mean, maybe not local, but like a, a musician as well as an actor
2: he he was yeah he, he he was from um where was he from nebraska wisconsin mm-hmm. yeah nebraska. Um, and then he went to ccm and then moved to new york and was brought back yeah. for this but he he did do music and still does um and we actually did some records with him through meeting him john Curley uh played in the band and i and michael horgan yeah um did some records with todd
1: excellent and then it's all Hyder's is all DIY. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, for the most part. We have a couple of records that we went to uh, Nashville and recorded with uh, Brad Jones at Alex the Great Studio, but there's only two, and the rest of them we've done ourselves. Yeah. A little bit of help from John Curley at uh, Ultra Suede. From also from the early stuff, yeah, early stuff. But mostly we do it ourselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Got a label, nothing like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and your yeah, latest worker. release is uh, from from last year, or no, wait, 2023. I'm messing up my years too now, Beth. You you, uh, <laughs> it's catching on. Um, but uh, so, for folks that are not familiar with the Hiders, like how would you describe your sound?
3: Are you gonna take that one. And- I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I always go to the lazy rockin' country and soul. Yeah. <laughs> Psychedelic <laughs> folk rock.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's funny. I mean, both of us, you know, grew up on punk rock stuff. Um, and but, bluegrass. But also both have <laughs> always loved country and different things. So, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. There's elements of Nirvana in there. There's elements of Neil Young. There's Gillian Welch. There's... Um, Emmylou. There's yeah, Willie. There's... But even stuff like Sparkle Horse, I'd say, and weird things. Velvet Underground, like... Yeah. It's just a lot of that, but it's, it's all stays um, song and vocal up front is a big part of our sound. I think, yeah, you know, um, not trying to get too lost in just the too much jamminess or complexities uh, yeah. sonically like that. We try to keep things pretty direct, I'd say, yeah,
3: overall. Although Bill is a hell of a guitar player, we do get so. weird, yeah, but um,
2: but yeah, I think the harmonies and and just the lyrics that. That's that's a that's a nugget we like to keep up front. And I think a lot of that does come from the 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 country roots and, yeah. and things like that.
0: Now now did you guys have a connection at the beginning or did it take a while to build that you know you know your togetherness to get the idea? Did it happen spark right away? Did it take a you know, a couple months of doing covers, figuring out what you guys like to do and then then ran with it?
3: No, Billy's been writing songs his whole life he's a very prolific songwriter and has books and books and books of just ideas and things that we're still going through from way way back so he already had songs and was doing a version of the hiders um and it's evolved over the years as far as what that what the hiders is and um when i joined the band i just learned a he sent me probably thirty songs, and I just learned them all.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think there was definitely, obviously, spark early, and yeah. we liked singing together. Um, but she was coming in almost more in a professional capacity, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I had we our first record had a pretty big band, pretty big sound, and we were trying to keep that going, six seven piece thing on stage, and so it was put together very. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is professionally i yeah. guess you know so then from there i think it it deepened as i had to semi-alarm. learn really kind
3: of learn go, like coming from a theater back like a, like a theater you know brain into i'd never been in a band before so it was all new to me and i was really excited it'd be like this new whole new medium of, of performance you know uh, yeah, but as, as far as vocally, we we clicked immediately. Yeah. I I was drawn to his lyrics, and I'm, I mean, it's what harmony is. That's like my thing. Like I, that's why I get the jobs. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I do, and it's what I love to do. Like I, I have my own songs, and I play shows of my own songs. But I have no interest, and I prefer singing with people. And and uh, harmony just comes so naturally to me. It's like so. Singing with Bill was like instant for me. Yeah, it
2: melted pretty quick, but it's definitely like deepened.
3: Yeah, as well.
2: It's like so both. I think is the
1: quick yeah. short answer <laughs> to your question. <laughs> well, uh, and the the harmony and the vocal blend is pretty obvious if you listen to uh, some of the Hyder's music, which is great. But Beth, you also harmonized with uh, with uh, Erica Winterstrom. From heartless bastards yes. as well as her solo yeah. works so, so how did that come yeah.
3: about? uh well i um just from being in the local the cincinnati music scene and um i had been singing with pearline which was a local band uh for a while they and jesse the bass player uh replaced
2: michael replaced
3: lamping. mike lamping in heartless bastards and he moved to austin and then every time they'd come through town he, they would call and ask if I'd sing a couple songs. And so I kind of got to know Erica a little bit that way because I didn't really know her that well. Um, and then when she put out that solo album, Sweet Unknown under her name, Erica Winterstrom, uh, she wanted a vocalist uh, and Jesse was like, call Beth, she's the best. And she had tried people in Austin, but they just couldn't quite get the sound she wanted. And I have a deep voice, and you know, so does she. And it really just like it clicked. And it and you know, she sent me the album. I learned the songs in the first show we played with no rehearsal. And she was like, "Whoa, please don't ever leave me." You know, <laughs> you know, that's not really, but but it you know, it's like she could find anybody in Austin if she wanted, but she picked me, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's I love singing with her too. You know, anybody that you know we can stay in that deep range together and you know not many people who can hit the low notes like I can she's right there with me so yeah it's
1: really love a lovely pairing of voices and then is it you're not it's Erica's solo work as well as Heartless Bastards correct
3: yeah you put out the solo album while the rest of the band was sort of on hiatus and deciding
1: what they wanted to do
3: then Jesse formed his own band Tender Things and Dave went and is playing with a Cody Jinks, a country star, and then um, Mark went on to other things, and she put together a different band uh, and then decided that the, this last album, A Beautiful Life, would be under the Heartless Bastard's name, and she's, you know, I never assume I still have the job. You know, it's just how it goes. You know, backing vocalist is an extra expense, but she was like, oh, no, you're in the band. You know, let's... You're a heartless bastard as well, so you know, like, cool, yeah. So I'm in the heartless bastards now too. So, nice, you know. You you guys were name dropping
0: so many people from the Cincinnati music scene. I, I think <laughs> people are you know don't realize the breadth of talent that's in this area. Oh, it's incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you every night you could hear somebody that will blow you away, uh, and that's been this way for. 30 35 years i think in the area yeah
2: yeah it's easy to take for granted too you, know, you start to feel like oh, I'm, I'm not that special i'm just some other schmuck that plays a guitar or whatever and then but then you know I, I go back and i go through some of these people that that we get to
0: play with i'm like this is a good
2: crowd it's you know yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: it's special
2: yeah
0: now do you find when you guys you know hit the road that people go cincinnati ohio you guys are from cincinnati or or do you get good We're feedback here.
2: Yeah, you're
3: from here
0: <laughs> yeah we play here and be like where are you guys
3: from i find that every time i say i'm i live in cincinnati people are like i'm from cincinnati like somebody everyone everywhere yeah. there's always somebody that either has a connection to cincinnati or ohio in general yeah. Or, you know, they're feeding off our the, blood, it's, the whole nation. It's, it's pretty wild. Like some, every, I was hiking on this last tour and I ran into a guy that had a couple dogs and I was petting his dogs and we got to talking about, you know, like where we were from. And I said, well, I live in Cincinnati. And he's like, I'm from Cincinnati, you know, where we're, yeah. near, you know, what neighborhood, yeah. you know, and I was like, every time it's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a Shame you didn't grow up here, Beth, because then you could play the where did you go to school game.
3: Oh, yeah, boy. well, yeah, that right. was that's generally the first question where'd you go to school? Yeah, like,
1: well, little rock, where did I? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the school of hard knocks. And and Billy, yeah. I also from from reading the bio uh, that you have had uh Nikki from Plow On Boy also sing along with you, as well as Lisa Walker who's who's now in Wussy. So that's another, yep. yeah. So yeah, you're really good incredible. at picking great female vocalist.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the hires kind of started a little more casually, um, just kind of something to do. And we played covers, and I would just, it was almost salon style sitting in with different people. Um, but, you know, Nikki was really, really fun to sing with and everything. And we did record a little three-something, just me, Nikki, and uh, David Gilligan, the harmonica player. That was the first sort of official Hiders recording. Um, and then, yeah, and then Lisa for a little bit, but we never really recorded much. So we did one, I put out a little record of, of just like leftover stuff called Garbage Day, and she's on a song on that. Um, but other than that, we didn't really have time to record much of anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, with your new album out now, you know, it's it's changed over the years how to get exposure. Where do you guys find that people find your music at now? Especially like this new album. Just just following you on social media, Spotify. Is there another way that gets your uh, music out there? That
2: that's that's it. You know, we um, didn't really do mu- anything. Uh, we had a big CD release, uh, and that was about it. We didn't really tour to support this record or anything. Um. So yeah, that's about it, you know, the website, Bandcamp, Spotify, all that stuff. I I'd love answers on how to promote that honestly. <laughs> uh, it just you know, unless you're out touring and stuff, it's 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 harder and harder, I think. Yeah. Licensing and things like that are a good way. We've had some luck with that in the past. Um but um, beyond that, yeah, I don't know how people. I feel like a Neanderthal seeing fire for the first time. All stuff out there. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it's. <laughs> I'll learn to cook with it eventually. But at this point, it's it's kind of a scary thing that I recoil from somewhat.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard for us to tour too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when I'm if I'm on tour with Heartless Bastards, and obviously we can't tour, and you know, so. It, it's a balancing act with us
2: but part of our game plan right now is is focusing more on just us as a duo and trying to record something that represents that and that'll be an easy thing that we can get out there yeah. to do because in the past we had problems keeping the big band together and we'd offer to do a duo or a trio thing and they didn't want that you know so um because yes. they heard this album with all the drums and the electric guitars and stuff so we're trying to kind of lean into just sort of us as 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 the thing. Yeah. You know, and I that'll mean, make it easier.
3: The hiders yeah. is me and Bill anyway. People just come and go around us and yeah. so we're just gonna do that. Finally leaning into it's that like, a little Let's just do that. <laughs> and I think It'll yeah,
2: be- if we can get out and, and, and do a new album and, and play more like that, I think that'll be a be good for us. Yeah. But the last album, yeah, I feel like I mean, it's two years old now, and I feel like it's still new. Like, yeah, I feel like I it's wish. It's a beautiful I, album. Yeah, we're really proud of it, but I've not been able to really think of good ways to promote it. To be honest
0: yeah. with you, well, well, Damien and I have had this conversation, you know, over the last five years on this podcast. You know, with stations like 97X not being around anymore, um, it's it's hard for sometimes people to find good new music without somebody curating it. And in a station like 97X, we played a ton of local music. all the time and not just you know in special shows like i was talking about earlier but all throughout our playlist every day you know every hour you odds are you're going to get a local list a local band heck on this modern rock 500 um there's got to be 30 or 40 local bands between cincinnati and dayton uh, uh, that are in that and 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 i you know for bands like you guys i always you know feel like it's now you're getting kind of aced out of of some of that exposure you would have gotten. A few
3: years ago. Absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, well, and then WNKU is no Mm -hmm. longer Mm -hmm. now. Like they were. That was when we first started. That was our main way of kind of getting it out there, at least locally. But Um,
2: yeah, 97X for sure with my old booth ass ponies and Ruby Velios and stuff. That was huge for us.
1: Well, the good news is for both of you, we have, I think, um, we're up to 13 loyal subscribers. So, you know, when (laughs) this gets out to them, them, excellent <laughs> well billy you yeah. did mention uh the ass ponies and that's a, a band uh, very near and dear to my heart and a lot of 97x <laughs> listeners uh how did you how did you team up with that band because that was a, a shift as well from uh, john to you
2: yeah that was funny i um i had been living in florida for a little bit playing in a band down there and um that band was signed to Warner Brothers at the time, and we went to L.A. to record an album with uh, Bill Betrell, who had just was hot off his uh, working on the Cheryl Crow, All I Wanted to Do Is Have Some fun Record, and he was looking for the follow-up for that. And we went there, and uh, he just couldn't deal with us, and he just fired the whole, kicked us out of the studio. And uh, so... <laughs> And he was not wrong to do so. The band was a mess. Um, so I, instead of going back to Florida, I changed my flight and came back to Cincinnati and wasn't sure what I was going to do. And um, Dave Morrison, drummer, uh, uh, and I had a mutual friend. And it happened that I was, came back while they were still in that rehearsal process. And, and kind of as a favor to this mutual friend, they, they listened to me. And I was the last person they played with. And then they decided to go with me.
1: Yeah, and you were quite young when you joined that band, right?
2: Yeah, I was 10 years younger than the youngest guy. In
1: that yeah, band. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is a big difference, you know, when you're like 24 and the next oldest guy is 34. And, you know, 34 to 44, not a big deal. But 24 to 34, that's like, you know, a, a big chasm. So there was, yeah, there was some... Fitting in was a little strange at times. But yeah, I, okay. I would think
1: so. But you fit in quite well. And I, I know that was like in their major major label days. So I know like electric rock music, you're uh, on that. But how did you, when did you feel comfortable bringing ideas to the table and saying, well, how about this?
2: Oh, I was pretty cocky. I, I did that right out of the gate, <laughs> you know. Like, I I knew Ask Ponies. <laughs> But more from their earlier like mr super love and stuff mm-hmm. i'd heard of little bastard but i didn't really know about it um and so i i got um before the re- rehearsal i got the cd from the library and i learned the cd in that afternoon <laughs> and uh, i went ahead and just sort of like added some of my own parts here and there and just threw those in i mean i I was always don't get me wrong i wanted to be really respectful what they were doing too and there's a lot of john earhart's parts that i really wanted to do and some of them i just simply couldn't um little bastard in particular was one i could never quite capture the way he played that song um but other other things i was throwing my shit in left and right and just you know <laughs> and you know and not so much you can't on the first record the known universe record yeah. you know i don't feel like i have a huge influence on that record. But from there, we really started jamming and and uh, you know, we practiced a lot and jammed hard on songs and really dissected them and the whole band as a group really dug into those and tried to find new sounds and stuff. Thing, But the first tour I did with those guys, I hopped in the back van, I had my little Walkman with the tapes and I had just bought Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness double cassette to listen to on the road and they just made fun of me relentlessly. And they were so right, that was just an awful record, and I just sort of, that was kind of the end of Smashing Pumpkins for me. But then they're telling me, like, check out Pavement, man, check out, like, uh, Red House Painters, and, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So they, I learned a lot from those guys.
1: And then, uh, Beth, I had the, the distinct pleasure of seeing you, along with Erica, and I'm gonna mess up uh, the guitarist, Lauren, I know is her first name, and her last name starts with... Gujolo. Guggiolo.
3: She's Italian. Good yeah. It yeah,
1: you'd think <laughs> yeah. I'd know. I'm half Italian, but not the, not the half that's attached to my tongue, apparently. But uh, the three of you performed at the Loon in Northside, yeah. and it was just a yeah, fantastic yeah. evening. Like, And I think oh. you did two nights in a row, but it was just absolutely yeah. amazing to see three super talented women, you know, doing their thing on stage. uh was uh, just blown away by it, and I wish we could see more of that. So uh, if you could talk a little bit about female artist, and, and I know Erica, as a lead singer, has probably experienced some of this, but, you know, like, what 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 needs to change to make sure, you know, female voice is heard more often? Oh, I'm sorry, can I answer this one? No. <laughs> You're going to mansplain it?
3: <laughs> exactly. You sit there and be pretty, little lady, and don't say anything. Yeah, well, I... I... I think I think taking the oh she's a female guitarist she's just a guitarist you know there's a lot you know I I think I mean I don't experience this as much as say Erica or you know I and I don't know if it's because of of me and my personality or you know I mean not to say that Erica is not like on top of her business and on top of her game but she because she is this front woman businesswoman in the music industry uh, she she gets it, it's harder for her to gain respect from people and they think you know it's like oh you know because she, she's personality wise she's like sweet and kind of like picked up that Texas accent you know she's in Texas been there for a long time she's kind of southern a little bit and She's kind of doe-eyed, and and I think people underestimate her in her business sense. And like, she's done gotten all of her success basically on her own. I mean, I, you know, she's very smart uh, about business and about her what she wants and what she needs. And and I think people are intimidated by that. And um, I I just I don't know. It's just. I think people were just underestimated as far as like and underappreciated in our in our strength and the in our contribution to you know not only music but just in general in the world. But, have you
2: noticed any shift even
3: in your arc and in, in being in arts in the last twenty years or whatever? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I the shift hasn't really happened. It's <laughs> kind of stayed the same, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there is no shit. Okay, no, sure. you know, yeah. um, it's 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 challenging, you know. And Lauren has talked about that too, about how you know being thought of as a female guitarist and not just this fucking badass guitarist, you know. And I think that's it. Just taking the, I know it's like, oh wow, this is a woman who's this good you know, and and I know that's like, like, why is that so crazy? <laughs> why is it so crazy that this woman can be way better than this dude on guitar? You know, it's, you know, as a singer, I don't really, I'm just a singer. I'm a, not just a singer, but I'm, I don't get that as much because it's, I'm just a lady who sings, you know, uh, in people's mind. You know, I don't, I don't, they don't say, oh, there's this female backup singer, Mm -hmm. you know, just a backup singer, Mm -hmm. you know, I think if there were a male backup singer, he would probably Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. more than I would, you know. Um, But I do, like, I watch watch Erica and, you know, Lauren. Lauren's no longer in the band. She's doing other things. um, But I've watched them deal with that out there in the world and talk about it a lot, and it's, you know... And Erica, I've heard her say, like, do you think they'd be treating me like this if I was a man? And I'm like, no, nope, they, no, they wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't get these questions if you were a man. You know? it, just, it just is still that way, you know. But it's less and less in our business. That's cool. um, uh But, you know, and I, I can't imagine, like, the greater, like, I don't know, you know, how the dynamic would change if, I don't think it would change even if she were, like, you know, Beyoncé, you know? <laughs> I think I, Beyoncé probably still gets that, you Some know? Condescending Some condescending sound guy. condescending sound guy, of like, you know? She's so demanding, like, what a dutch,
0: <laughs> you know? It's like, oh,
3: she just wants it to sound right. What can we look for uh,
0: forward to you guys come out? The, the the new stuff in 2023 with you two, um, maybe some more local shows, what's, what's on the horizon for you guys?
3: Currently just working on this new um, acoustic-based uh, duo, new album. Um, the last album, by the way, is called Forever at the End. And it's amazing, so check it out. Um, that's you know that was a full band thing that yeah we're just we did together, but we're we're just kind of working on this yeah. duo thing and like moving forward as just the two of us. Uh, like the next, yeah. the next. We're kind
2: of writing and perfecting the material we want to do next. I I I I'd say we're probably a good year away from an album if I'm being realistic. Yeah. Um. But uh, we have lots of material and we've just been sort of in our little
1: cocoon phase working on that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Well, trying to accelerate <laughs> that process if you can. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because the world needs more Hyder's <laughs> music. 97X There's Two things you need to know. Uh-huh. I'm the king. And number two is look out, man. Look at that. you are coming at you. You see that? It's called karate, man. And only two kinds
3: of people know it. The Chinese and the king. One of them is me. From the, from the big bush.